On Second Shot, we cover two new stories every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And at the heart of every one of these stories are people, just like you and me, who've had to overcome incredible odds, to face the greatest challenges, to struggle and fight back. But now, we're changing it up. In these episodes, we're skipping the headlines and going straight to the people that inspire us to grow, to be bold, seek change, and act courageously when the rest of the world may not. A second look, a second chance, a second shot. This is Second Shot Sit-Downs with your host, Jenny Anchondo. Second shot. It's Jenny Anchondo here. And this is, oh my gosh, a guest that we have wanted to get on the show for so long because he created just what I think is such a unique program. And it's one of those where you, when you hear about it, you're going to say, wait, why, why hadn't somebody been doing this okay. before? And so when we're talking about second shots, we're talking about really, I mean, a second shot at a business. We're talking about how to give your second, your, your, yourself a second shot when it comes to mental health and and finding some clarity in what has been a pretty chaotic time. So I want to welcome in Cole Egger, who is the CEO of Listeners on Call. Hey, Cole. Hey, thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, it's my pleasure. Like I said, I'm I'm excited about this because uh, I'll let you explain it. What is Listeners on Call and what is a a listening service? Sure. Listeners on Call is is an on-demand peer-to-peer support platform that is truly judgment-free, it's affordable, and we offer personalized connections to our listeners. So you guys, like in a practical sense, it's kind of like if, if you got nobody else to call or you don't want to share what you, what you need to share with somebody that you know, you can call somebody and have them really just like listen to whatever it is that you need to share. Yeah, I think so, so often we, we're, if you're fortunate enough to have a, a great group of friends or community, even family, Many times you're often concerned about the stigma associated with potentially sharing what may be going on on in your life or uh, the fact that maybe you think that others around you uh, don't have perspective or they haven't walked in your same shoes, so therefore you choose to to bottle that up. Uh, We at Listeners on Call have uh, thousands of listeners who come from from all walks of life and have a variety of experiences that they're willing to share and and connect with you on. So speaking of willing to share, you guys, I, I... did not just bring him on to talk about this listening service. I thought it, you have such a compelling personal story, and I'm uh, glad that you're open to sharing about it. Um, can you talk about just some of the circumstances that led up to you realizing that this was a need? Yeah. Um, so for my, myself, I, I feel uh, very fortunate to be able to have been a part of Listeners on Call and, and co-founding the company with my business partner, Jason Franzen. But uh, for myself, it's been a very personal journey. Um, I lost my father uh, last fall after a five-year battle with cancer. Uh, but when my father was first diagnosed five years ago, uh, we quickly learned that that I would actually be the stem cell donor for my father. The type of cancer that he had required a, a stem cell transplant. Um, the gravity of that situation and the idea that if my stem cells didn't work, my father wasn't going to make it uh, weighed very heavily on me. Um, it's something that I would again do a hundred times over. Uh, But I was also going through some other things in my personal life at that time. And so the combination of the two, I really found myself at the, for the first time in my life, in my mid-30s, in a position that I really wasn't equipped to handle. I I found myself in a a pretty dark place, to be quite honest with you. And uh, for the first time, I I felt like I really needed to reach out and connect with somebody. And so I I was lucky that I had a a mentor here in town who introduced me to an individual who uh, did not come from a background of licensed care, but 
had very, very similar uh, experiences that she had been through herself. And I was very fortunate that she agreed to, to meet with me. And um, over a period of time of her willingness to share her experiences and, and talk to me through what that was like in her personal journey, and then share the empathy that she did with me in, in my own experiences, uh, it had a significant impact in my life. And ultimately what I came to learn was, you know, I originally felt very alone in my situation. And ultimately uh, what I realized and through connecting with her was that while I was alone in my situation, I was not alone in my experience. That, you know, sadly there are millions of individuals who have gone through the experience of having a loved one who's been diagnosed with cancer. Uh, millions of individuals, we all experience grief and loss at some point in our lifetime uh, with friends, family members, and others. And I, I began to kind of look at things in a different way. As the years went on, I continued to look for other services that I felt like offered those same types of solutions. And I began to become more and more frustrated that we live in a time with all the technology that you could imagine to provide these services that are on demand. Today, when we think of on demand, we think of Uber or DoorDash right. of the likes. You know, I often say that you can order a tiny house on Amazon Prime and have it delivered in 72 hours. But to see a licensed therapist today, the wait times are six weeks or longer, unfortunately. And I think as, a, as an entrepreneur, you always take a step back and say there has to be a better way. And so where I became frustrated was that the most basic of human needs, this idea of connection based around shared experiences didn't exist. And that was really the foundation and kind of the principles of building listeners on call. What, what was that like, um, that, that feeling when you knew that your dad was in just a, a dire situation? And to think about, I'm, I'm guessing you kind of go down the list of like, okay, can I talk to him or him or him? Mm -hmm. And um, like guys just don't seem to do that the way that some women do with the way of maybe um, pouring out their souls and, you know, grieving out loud and doing things like that. Does that relate to you at all with yeah, it, it, guy it, friends? or it, it does. You know, I think stigma isn't in our biology, it's in our culture. And I think for me personally, it, it was quite paralyzing at that time. I think going through that personal experience, you know, you're already surrounded uh, in a time in a setting with, a fam with your family who's already going through so much. The last thing that you want to do is it feel like you're burdening anyone with what it is that you're going through personally. You know, I'm, I'm lucky to have a great community of friends, but transparently, I didn't feel like any of my friends really <clears throat> understood what it was that I was going through. They hadn't been through it before. And so you, you find yourself kind of slowly drifting into this place of isolation where you just simply don't know who to talk to. And, and reaching out is something that I had never done before and, and asking for help and wanting to talk to somebody. So, um, you know, it's a very difficult thing to do in taking that first step. Yeah, it's it's a, and it's a different and, and I, I say men, you know, that, that's not to say that that women yeah. don't experience that as well. Certainly, all people can feel mm -hmm. alone and lonely at um, at times. W at what point was it? Was it at, at a low point where you thought, "Gosh, I wish I could just like call somebody"? <laughs> that you know, is that kind of how this came about? Yeah, I, I think it's it's oftentimes I, I, I tell tell folks it's probably uh, sadly oftentimes not till you hit rock bottom uh, that you 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 reach out and I think that's kind of at the place where I was I, I felt uh, extremely alone I, I didn't know who to talk to um, and so I, I finally was willing to have a conversation with a, a mentor of mine a gentleman who uh, I opened up to and said here's here's where I'm at and while he hadn't been through uh, a similar situation. Uh, he understood what I was going through and, and certainly sympathized with my experience and said, you know, I, 
I think that there's someone that you should talk to and, and made that introduction. And so I was very grateful for that. When we talk about, we talk about professional therapy on this show all the time and in, in support of it, just in support sure. of, oh my gosh, getting help for whatever it is that you need, whether it's, uh, you know, therapy or a mentor or a gym buddy or whatever it is. Um, but the truth is, in my experience, it takes a while. Like the whole process, you guys, I mean, it's, you, it's first of all realizing, you know what, shoot, I think I need to talk to somebody about this. Okay, well, let me look up online and find my insurance carrier. Who is our insurance by again? And then it's like, okay, well, let me call the 800 number. Oh, well, I don't know what type of therapist I'm looking for. Who's in my area? Okay, what's the copay? I mean, the process goes on and on and on. And then you call somebody and then you meet with somebody and you tell them your whole life story <laughs> only to find out, you know what? I don't know if that person's the fit. <laughs> and then you go back to the insurance card and it can be, it can, it can be because, because again, usually you're going to seek out that therapy and that help when you're like you already are in an emergent mode sure. in sometimes. And so it can be just the process alone of finding like a, like a qualified therapist. I can see this as almost like a, I don't want to say stopgap measure, <laughs> but like an emergency funding for somebody who needs somebody to talk to. Um, and maybe they don't even end up needing to talk to a, you know, a, a licensed professional after that. Sure. You know, it's funny that you say that we, we oftentimes get coined by a lot of different groups out there, the, the Uber of empathy. You know, the position that we really want to take is to be that first step on the continuum of care. Uh, we certainly promote and endorse licensed therapy. Absolutely, we yeah. do. But also understanding that there's so many individuals out there today who ultimately uh, don't need to see uh, licensed care. They ultimately just need to be able to talk to someone and connect and share what it is they're going through and, and simply be heard. We, I felt like we were kind of like a lonely society before the pandemic, <laughs> you know, a, a society of people who could be surrounded by a lot of people, but still feel alone. Right. And now, um, unfortunately, that's just, it's been uh, made more prominent in your estimation, given that you've been working in this business and also experienced this yourself. Why, why are people so lonely? Why, why are we lacking that connection? You know, I, I think the pandemic has pointed out of a lot of things, and, and one of the things we talk about often is it has certainly amplified the conversation around mental health and, and loneliness, the epidemic of loneliness and isolation. I, I think despite the promises of technology to connect us, we find ourselves as a society more disconnected than we've, we've ever been. And I think that when I look at, at listeners on call, I see listeners on call as part of that solution that we have the opportunity to bridge that gap of disconnection and leveraging human connection uh, to help solve that loneliness and isolation problem. I, I think today when, when you start to look at individuals um, who find themselves in a position of loneliness, oftentimes I, 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 I say we've replaced handshakes and hugs with likes and comments across social media. We, we've truly removed community and to some extent even somewhat of humanity from the equation. And I think that we have to find a way to bring that back into the, the conversation. Oh, I, I, yeah, I hear you 100%. Yeah, like we're getting the validation from somebody liking our post. You know, I mean, right. that, that, doesn't, that doesn't last very long. Right. You see the like and you move on and you still feel the way that you felt before without an actual connection with that person. I, I want to talk more about just those those uh, male relationships and friendships and, and connections. How, how should, like if there's a, you know, 30-year-old guy, 40-year-old guy, 50-year-old guy who feels like, I got some friends, but I don't know that it, there's anybody I could call. What do you have any advice to impart upon those guys in terms of like forming some of those real friendships? You know, I, 
I, I think from from being able to take that first step, I think one of the most challenging things is just being able to take a step back and recognize that it's okay to not be okay. Um, find a way to grant yourself grace and understand that um, we all go through times that are challenging and, and we all struggle. You know, be be open and honest with yourself about what it is that you're going through and be comfortable in knowing that you're not alone, that there are thousands, if not millions of individuals who've walked in your same shoes before. You know, I think one of the things that we tried to do with listeners on call, when you start to think about the barriers that exist today for individuals seeking support, those really kind of fall into four categories around cost, convenience, compatibility, and stigma. Stigma being one of the biggest ones you're talking about here, uh, statistically with men. And so one of the things that we've done is we allow you as a caller to maintain your anonymity to help remove stigma from the equation, ultimately allowing you to feel more comfortable in taking that first step. Yeah, let's talk about the way that the service works. I've sure. experienced it myself, you guys. It is so cool to be able to, well, and the other thing too, I'm gonna to do a little bit of a tangent. Sometimes you have an appointment with like your, your professional, but you need help right now. <laughs> I need somebody right now and I'm not seeing Dr. So-and-so until next Thursday. Right. And um, and so it's it's really nice to be able to, to either set an appointment. I know you guys have it so you can set an appointment or just call somebody right away. So go ahead and walk through how this process works. Sure. So, you know, on the caller side as a, as a caller, I, again, I, I referenced the, the Uber model, the Uber yeah. of empathy. <laughs> I love it. You have the ability to, to download the app, uh, create your profile, set your preferences. Maybe you're only interested in speaking to an, uh, a female over the age of, of 35 um, who comes from a specific background, maybe has had an experience dealing with loneliness or, or motherhood or, or simply just the topic of need to vent, which I know is one of our, our most popular topics during, <laughs> during the pandemic time. Yeah. Um, you have the ability to set those preferences. And then ultimately we surface to you listeners who are available that you can connect either on demand or that you can schedule a time to connect. And each one of those listeners has provided their own audio experiences of what it is that they've been through so that you do have that understanding and that relatability and that compatibility factor to know that that individual has, has been through something that you're currently experiencing. Because we don't always, yes, I mean, gosh, we all, life is long. We all go through a lot sometimes. Yes. And, um, and you don't always have a friend that's been through what you've right. been through. When you think back on what, you know, gosh, I, I hadn't realized that was that five-year process with your dad and then dealing with his death. It's just, um, what would it have been like to have a listeners on call type situation available for you during that time? <laughs> you know, that's a hard one for me because it was a really, uh, it was a challenging time. And I think, um, you know, I found myself often, uh, my father passed away in October and I actually was using our service quite often after that. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't know the gentleman's last name, but uh, I can tell you that there's an amazing listener named Steve on our platform that I talked to um, many a days uh, home on my way from work. Oftentimes it was a 20 minute conversation, but just simply to be able to pick up the phone and, and have that conversation and talk about what I was experiencing then because it, it wasn't something that I ultimately needed to schedule weeks in advance. Yeah. Um, it was something that I was experiencing right then. So being able to uh, walk out uh, the door of my office and, and get in my truck and, and, and get on a call and, and talk about what I was going through, it meant everything in the world. Well, thank you for being open about yeah. saying you use the service. Yeah. It's, it's like, because I think sometimes it's like, oh, those people should do this. Like we're all those people who need to call some somebody. Yeah. Was it Steve? Yep. Shout out to Steve. Thank yep. you for right. answering. Thank you for, for being there for the 20 minute call. What are what are the lengths of the calls and like the the requirements? I'm guessing you can't call and then like 
think Steve's awesome and then ask for his you know, right. address so you can come hang out with him all the time? What, yeah. what are sort of like the regulations that keep it all safe and on the up and up? Yeah, so there are also there are some rules of the the platform certainly. So uh, we we uh, recommend that you do not share any of your information, and we maintain anonymity on on both sides. We're never publicly sharing that information as well. Um, you know, I would say the average call length today is about thirty minutes. Uh, we have some calls that range, you know, five to ten minutes, and then we've had several calls and even a few that have gone over three hours. So you know, it, it really depends, and I think that's one of the most beautiful things about the platform is it. You know, traditionally, when you think about licensed therapy, it's, it's usually booked in 50-minute in increments, and, and that works fantastic for some individuals. But there are times where maybe you feel as if you don't need that 50 minutes, and then, you know, speaking from my personal experience, there were certainly times where I felt like I probably could have talked for three hours. And so we provide you that opportunity. Yeah. That's what I'm going to keep you here for three hours, just interviewing you. That's what I love to do. Um, it's true. There's somebody outside in, in the waiting room, and you think, well, I guess I got to go. Right. I, I guess this person's next, but I still have so much more stuff to talk about. Um, can, can you, when you're getting on the platform, can people decide, like, say you liked Steve, can you say, okay, I want to talk to Steve again, or can, can you pick, or do you, how, how does the, the matching process work? Yeah, absolutely. You can always see those listeners that you've talked to in the past. You also have the ability to favorite listeners, so we'll let you know when that listener's back on online so that you can schedule a time with them. Yeah. The other thing that I was thinking about too is for, I would like to just talk about this, this, the, the stigma, you brought a stigma of getting help in general. You know, there are certain family groups and probably certain people listening to this show or watching this show who are like, yeah, we don't do that in our family. Like we don't do that. We, you know, rub the dirt off. I forget what the phrase is. My husband says it all the time, but you know, he's not anti- therapy or listeners on call, but you know, like that sort of tough guy kind of thing or, or tough girl kind of bootstraps. thing. Yes. The bootstraps, <laughs> the dirt, the dusting off of the things. Um, what, what, what can, can you impart any words of wisdom or, or just, I don't know, words of empathy to people who feel like I don't need any help or, or our family doesn't do this help thing. You know, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that that is one of the barriers that we can break down with listeners on call is, is that ability to take the first step in removing that part of the equation with stigma because we do break down those cultural or, or racial or language barriers that so oftentimes prevent individuals from reaching out. You know, I, I know we were discussing earlier briefly, but you know, today in the U.S. alone, there's only 1% of all licensed therapists who speak fluent Spanish, yet we have 50 million Americans today who speak fluent Spanish. So I often ask, where, where do those individuals go? Who do they talk to? And so I believe that having a community of listeners, um, just as we do, you have the opportunity to have those types of conversations in a moment's notice or to schedule time that's convenient for you that removes a lot of those stigma and concern that's typically serves as a barrier for so many, uh, so many individuals reaching out for help. Yeah. Well, and the cost part of it too, um, not everybody is insured to, to pay for a therapist. I know that you have um, therapists on on your staff, on your family staff, <laughs> his wife, and then also just on your team with with listeners on call. Um, but but we're talking about the the you know idea that not everybody actually needs to speak to a professional. Some people do truly just need somebody to talk to. You know, I, I think oftentimes uh, when the conversation around mental health or, or, or seeing a counselor uh, comes about, we always tend to tend to gravitate towards the licensed side. I think we overlook the the power of just simply listening and that so many individuals out there today just simply need to be heard and have an outlet to be able to connect and share what it is that they're going through. Yeah. I, I was thinking back to, you were saying, you know, when you were dealing with your dad and your, 
you're driving home, you'd call Steve to talk to, some spouses would say, well, why aren't you coming and talking to me? Um, can you explain that dynamic of having somebody outside of your relationship or family to talk to? You know, I, I, I'm very fortunate that I, I do have a, a wife who comes from a, a licensed background who's uh, one of the most empathetic, if not the most empathetic individual I've, I've ever met. Um, and so I'm very fortunate to, to have that to come home to and, and talk to daily about what it is that That's I'm going awesome. through. But at the same time, I think, you know, for me, it was really about that that level of compatibility as a, as a male and being able to connect with somebody else in my situation, another male that had been through that experience before. And, and Steve, who opened up to me, had had lost a family member to cancer as well. And so we really connected on that that level of compatibility because of that shared experience. And, you know, that that meant all all the world to me to be able to to kind of talk through it with him. And 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 to be quite honest with you, the first couple of times we talked, I I don't know if I didn't do as much of the listening as, as he did and that I simply was still trying to struggle as to how to tell my story and how to have that conversation. And so being able to uh, listen to Steve open up and being willing to share really, really changed things for me. And I wonder, I wonder if you arrived home after having that phone call on the way a different person than, than the man you would have arrived, arrived home as, um, if you'd not had that conversation on the drive home. I, I think so. I, I think because you, you keep those things bottled up and they, they affect and impact every aspect of your life, whether that's a feeling of, of sadness or despair. I, I think that it ultimately, uh, it impacts um, uh, your emotions at, at all levels. We, we talked to a little bit about the barriers of, of cause. I mean, language barriers obviously can be an issue. Financial, even just like figuring things out barriers. <laughs> just people are so busy. But, but talk about the cost. How much, how much is this, you know, is it like per minute or per call? Sure. Or how does that work? Yeah, so one of the biggest barriers uh, to individuals seeking access and support is cost. And so one of the things that we wanted to ensure is that um, we didn't want to prevent that. We didn't want to provide a solution that ultimately prevented anyone from being able to seek access, access and support. So today, our cost is simply 50 cents a minute. So you pay as you go. So there isn't a, a subscription or a pre-purchased allotment of minutes that you have to worry about. Do I use? Do I not use? It truly is a pay-as-you-go model. Where, where do you see this company going? I mean, I had never, I'd never heard of anything like this. And like I said at the beginning of the interview, I thought, why was, why, where was this my entire life? Um, so where, what's the goal for the company? Obviously, you're based here um, yeah. in Texas, but what's the goal for the company? Well, I mean, we would obviously, uh, we're, we're nationwide today. We're fortunate we have listeners all over the country. I, I, I believe that you know, our service is not only needed here, but on, on a global spectrum. Uh, I mean, there's many challenges around the globe today with mental health, loneliness, and isolation. I think, you know, my hopes are that the listeners on call has the opportunity to be a, a beacon of hope and by increasing human connection to access through listeners. I think our goal is to truly empower individuals, not only to feel comfortable in, in seeking support or, or simply uh, being able to reach out when they need to talk to somebody, but also empowering those individuals who want to help and support others. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful service, you guys. It is like 
I mean, Thank such you. a brilliant idea. Um, speaking of idea, we have a lot of uh, business people who <laughs> listen to the show, watch the show. And so I have to do them the favor. They're going to wonder, okay, so how do you go from idea to actually starting <laughs> the business? What was your background before? Did you have experience in doing something like this? Or what was that process that, like? That, that may be a whole other show. <laughs> that might be. You know, I, I can imagine. I was like, why did I wait till the end to ask this? <laughs> you know, I, I, I think... Um, uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day and, and they were talking about um, at, from being an entrepreneur of taking that idea to how do you turn that into a business. And I, I think the uh, the one comment that I hear constantly that resonates with me is that you have to take action. You have to take action. You can talk about it all day long. You can think about the idea. Uh, you can surface that idea. You can share that idea, but you have to take action. And so um, formulate a plan um, and then take that first step. What was the first step? <laughs> what was it? I mean, I have all kinds of ideas, Cole, but I've never started anything, okay? You know, like people have ideas, but but so rarely do they come to fruition. <laughs> you know, for, for me, I, I was very fortunate to have a, a business partner that we had worked together before and um, has his own, own personal story that can relate to listeners on mm -hmm. call. And as I was sharing the idea with him, um, you know, you, you get into a room and two people kind of go, oh, yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. That makes sense. And, and so from that moment uh, on, you know, we really felt like that listeners on call had a place. And certainly in the world that we live in today, this was prior to the, the pandemic. We certainly couldn't have planned that. Um, but even prior to that, you know, the topics of mental health and loneliness and isolation were uh, top of mind. And so uh, we really felt like there was an opportunity and from my own personal experience that there was a need out there for our service. What do you, there, I mean, there's clearly a need. Um, you talk about this as sort of like a loneliness pandemic. Um, what, would you, what do you hope that this service is going to do for this loneliness situation that so many of us find ourselves in? I hope that we get to be a part of the solution. I believe that we are part of the solution. Um, I hope that there are dozens of other services out there that are similar to ours or simply want to serve as a support in helping others uh, during these times. Um, you know, I think it is... It is going to be because of those services like ours who who ultimately come to uh, the forefront in, in helping others that I believe will have a, a lasting effect on the loneliness and isolation ap epidemic. I know I said I was going to wrap up, but I remembered that I have to ask about listeners. What if somebody's saying, I'm a born listener, which to me is actually a very unique <laughs> skill. You know, we, we all need to work on our listening skills. But um, if somebody's thinking, oh my gosh, I've always wanted to do something like this. I'm the person that people come to when they need to share something. How does one become a huh. professional listener for you? And um, is there any sort of training or program that they go through? You know, anyone can apply to be a listener. I think we're, we're constantly humbled by the number of people who apply to be listeners. I think it speaks, it speaks to that abundance of empathy in our world that we spoke about earlier. But, you know, for, for listeners, we look for listeners who have uh, natural empathy, uh, who also come from a, a variety of, of life experiences. All of our listeners participate uh, in our listening academy, which is part of, our, part of our onboarding and education training process. We've been extremely fortunate to cultivate a group of amazing listeners who truly show up every day wanting to help and support others. That is awesome. And are yeah. they sort of on call? They, can they choose their schedules? Are they, yep. do they decide when they're available? Yep. Listeners can certainly uh, set their schedules and their available times. And so many of those are, are on demand, depending on the time that you connect, look to connect on the platform. But otherwise, you have the ability to set a schedule and a time with that listener.
Well, Cole, congratulations on a much success so far and just creating something that is going to be, I mean, a huge resource for people for a long time to come. Before we go, you got to give us all the things. Where can people find you? Where can they, you know, people are going to want to use this right now. Give them all the details. Sure. Well, you can find us on, on the App Store, both at uh, Apple and then Google Play. Uh, download the app and create an account and um, you can start talking to a listener today. Awesome. And then the website? Website, listenersoncall.com. Cool. Thank you. Congratulations. Yeah, it was so you. fun to chat with you and learn a little bit more about your yeah, story. Thank you for having me on. It's our pleasure. I appreciate it. So you guys, we'll get it all linked up at secondshotpodcast.com. The episode will be out on YouTube so you can get the whole thing. And of course, as always on iTunes, iHeartRadio, all the places you find your podcasts, and we will link up their site to our site as well. If this episode brought you any kind of value, um, we just ask that, gosh, you share it with somebody you think it could help or you think it could impact. If you love it, shoot, leave us a rating or review. We will screenshot it. We will share it and help promote you and whatever you're working on as well. Until next time, we will see you soon. Bye-bye, everybody.